0: It's Curtains Up on another episode of West of Broadway, a celebration of musical theater on the West Coast. I'm Will Armstrong. And I'm Wendy Rossoff. And we are so excited for you to join us for this very cool episode where we are going to talk one-on-one or two-on-one with the amazing Laura Bell Bundy. So excited. I mean, I have so many questions because she has such an amazing career that is like, like from Uh, earlier like Jumanji and um, Off-Broadway on Ruthless to of course uh, Hairspray and Legally Blonde and and everything and then all the work she's doing on Netflix with AJ and the Queen and NBC's um, Perfect Harmony like just she doesn't stop and then she's a successful recording artist songwriter
2: I mean she's she's really just she's a creative beast I cannot wait to pick her brain and see you know what makes her tick and check in with her during this time
0: Yes, because she uh, has read. I, I don't know if you read the newspapers or the internet's, but uh, she the recovered newspapers. from. Newspapers. <laughs> she recovered from coronavirus. Variety, yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Um, so I have so many questions about that, and what and what she's going through, and what that's been like, and yeah, she, she's a new. Well, I mean, and let's fingers crossed that I don't completely geek out because I am a huge fan. So it's okay. I'll try. It. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'll keep it together for us.
0: I appreciate that. But, um, <laughs> Yeah. So um, I um, I do you want to bring her on? Let's do it. Okay. Cool. Laura Bell Bundy, welcome to West of hey, Broadway. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Oh, it's so great to have you. Thank you so much. And for by
1: being time. here, I mean I'm happy to be home, but talking to you. Yes.
2: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Where are you coming to us from now? What part of your house are you in?
1: I am in the um cas. Casita, which is the converted garage um, <laughs> that actually has just a lot of like the baby crap that my baby isn't using anymore, and a beer fridge, a wine fridge, and a white wall that we project movies on.
2: So all the essentials, uh, basically, yeah, basically are I, in the casita. This is the best room in the house,
1: <laughs> so clearly.
2: How old is your baby? He is 11 months. <gasps> I company. remember, so we did uh, Broadway to the Rescue together. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, that. I remember, yeah. But you were you were running back and forth to take care of, what's your son's name? I'm
1: sorry. Huck. Huck, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, it's a full tilt boogie, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, and especially now, it's like, you know, I think you moms have their village, right? They have their in-laws or their own parents right. that help. And that's a relief. And then- you know, you might have daycare or a nanny or a babysitter or whatever that gives you some relief. Um, and so it's been like a definite renegotiation of my yeah. time. And my husband and I, I'm like actually really proud of us and our, our teamwork um, throughout this process and are like making clear agreements at the beginning of the day. Like, <laughs> I have oh, that's this, amazing. And this and this and so I need you to take the baby. So I'm going to put him to sleep at this end. when he wakes up, he's yours, you know? So you know but i'm also like cooking and cleaning and doing all of yes. i feel like relationships whether they're your
2: child to mother relationship or it's your primary relationship whoever you're hunkered down with this is a forever changing time in terms of like the fabric of your relationship it's a make or break moment
1: <laughs> totally i'll I tell you what my mom my mom was like i'm going to tell you something if if you come out of corona And you're not divorced. You'll last forever. Yeah. And I'm like, (laughs) you know what, mom? I'm like, my husband and I are actually doing well. Like he used to go or to his job every day at nine o'clock in the morning and he'd come home at six 30 and he's in the industry. So sometimes he would have like a meeting afterwards. Right. And it's really amazing to see that he's getting all this time with his son that he wouldn't have gotten. Yes. And it's actually great. Like we work, we like navigate really well together. It's like, um, and I'm and I'm like you know I'm like I picked the right guy you know yeah that's, that's amazing. amazing
0: so you recently came down with coronavirus yes uh, how was, I got uh, the so, corona so got your, the corona so was your husband on full time baby duty
1: well he got the corona too oh.
0: <laughs> wow. and we
1: we don't know whether the baby had it um, he did have a couple days where he just slept a lot more than usual which is a sign that he's under the weather um and he got a little sniffly and that's kind of those are but he could also be teething so Ooh. um i don't know i just sort of treated it as if he did treated it as if we all had it um and and what tom and i it's my husband's name what tom and i did was um we would say um in order for us to get rest cuz we would like he had extreme fatigue i didn't have extreme fatigue um, I would have like intermittent fatigue, so I would say like, "Hey, you know, I'm kind of needing to like just chill out and like, like I'll watch that episode of Outlander, and you take the baby, and then you go watch that episode <laughs> of Outlander, <laughs> and then we'll be caught up, and then tonight we'll watch like three in a row."
2: <laughs>
1: I mean, that's some
2: serious <laughs> corona strategy.
1: <laughs> yeah, we literally we had to just negotiate everything and then take ourselves. And like, hope our baby was napping. And, yeah. um, and at actually, at first, our babysitter was with us for a few days, like in the beginning before she got tested. Um, she never got it. Um, oh, wow, thank God. But she was with us the first day I had symptoms. Yeah. And, then, and, um, and then her family was like, mm, I don't know if we want to let you back here.
0: <laughs> She's like,
1: so we had to like get her tested and like the whole thing. And it was, you know, but it ended up being okay. But then, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a, it's definitely, um, there's all these articles that I've been reading about the women's movement, you know, going back 50 years after, (laughs) you know, this, you know, and all the responsibilities that women just sort of like, silently have, it's, it's almost these expectations that Mm -hmm. we don't even talk about that we just assume. Right, you know, I do all the grocery shopping for our family.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Well, so, and
0: you and Huck isn't in school age yet, but if he was, you would be the teacher right now.
1: Right, yeah, and I actually think my husband would also be, you know. But I mean, for parents, this is hard. It's not like pe- I uh. when I see those posts of people that are like, I'm just like reading this book that I've always wanted to read, like bubble bath, and we organize the closets. I'm like, I have never been busier <laughs> in my life. Right. Athlete. Right. I think
2: everybody, depending on what your life is, this period of time is so different. You know, I have friends who are like, Ooh, I'm waking up at 12 noon and I'm binge watching this show and then I was like, wow, you are having a very different apocalypse than I am.
1: I can tell you that. Right. Way. But here's the <laughs> thing I will say. I, I, even though things are busy, I have my best friend. I'm in a house with, Mm -hmm. and I have my son who brings me joy every day yes and and be and I'm in the first year like of having a child so I was kind of relegated to the house anyway right um there's not much difference but I'm so glad I'm not a single person right and I'm like oh how do you date right now no oh
0: my gosh you
1: know I mean if I tell my husband hey listen Let's have sex. That can happen. What do these other people? What do these other people do? They're like, hmm, which booty call is this? Sa- is the cleanest? You know, the safest? Like, who's it's- the most likely not to be sick? Yeah. Virtual
2: booty calls. Virtual yeah. booty calls is what's happening.
1: Oh God. Good God.
2: <laughs> I like where this has gone. I, I like how we've kind of devolved so quickly to the subject being virtual booty calls. It's important. Yeah. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I mean, you got to do what you got to do, but holy cow, yeah. it's crazy. But so are you finding time? Cause I know that you are a singer songwriter. Are you finding time to allocate to creating and, and songwriting at this time? Because I feel like now that we're in, we're all confined to our houses. We have c- complete control over what we give attention to and what we like, you know, I feel, I feel hyper-focused here.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, I, I'm finally getting to that point where I'm able to be creative about other things. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, songwriting is uh I have to be in a real headspace and kind of yeah. on a roll when I'm when I'm when I'm there and I need like a good two or three hours to get a song started. I mean, mm-hmm. I can get a melody and an idea for a song and like sing it into a voice memo and then come back to it later. But a majority of time I need to like I need really focused, concentrated time. And I have found in the last year like I really had to have a babysitter for a full day in order to knock out a song. Um but uh but I, I'm a I'm about to actually I have to write a, a song for a film and I'm a, I'm about to embark on that and, and and I'm gonna write with my songwriting partner over Zoom. So we'll see how that goes. Cool. And we might record it and just say like, hey guys, this is how it works. Yeah. Um, but um but yeah I mean I have uh I'm I'm working on a, a little i I actually just finished an album. And, um, and I've, and I have been able to dedicate time to, um, like writing the music video concepts and figuring those elements out. And, um, and I was going to release it. Actually, I was going to release the first song on March 31st, which was the, the, the album is basically each song deals with an issue that women are facing today. And the first song was all about equal pay and it uses a like a sample of we're in the money. Ah. Um, and like a hip and a hip hop beat comes in and then like an orchestra. It's really an awesome song. And I was gonna release it on Equal Pay Day with a music video. And I was like, Is this sensitive? Because nobody's <laughs> making money right now. Um, so I decided to wait and I'm now like re-figuring out when we are actually going to release this album. So I have been able to do that work. And then I'm developing a video series called quarantine, like a girl, um, where we talk about the specific, um, uh, ways that women are affected. Like I've already talked about with you, um, during okay. the,
2: during the crisis. Here's one. And I don't know if you've had this experience. Um, cause you're probably spending time walking with your family, but I take morning walks by myself to clear my head every morning. Um, it, I find it to be vitally important. And, yes. and, my, and my dog is living his best life with me. Oh, definitely. That's another story. But anyway, something that I'm noticing, um, and somebody randomly posted it on Facebook yesterday too, so I was like, I'm not alone, is, and I will, I'm sorry, but I'm walking and a man is coming in the opposite direction and it's up to me to move. Nine times out of 10, the man will not move. And it's wow. so interesting. I've like kind of clocked it. At first, I was like, this is weird. And then I just started doing like collecting data on it. And then my friend, do you know Kim Huber?
1: I don't know if I do. I don't think so.
2: She was a Belle in Beauty and the Beast in New York oh. years ago. She's, and she's brilliantly talented. Anyway, um, she, she wrote about this. Um, on Facebook and all of these people started kicking in I was like oh my god it's not just me and they were like no it's it is a structural hierarchy that we're seeing play out on the streets because we're all just walking and running and doing our thing on the street all at the same time now and there you have it kind of interesting wow. yeah
0: yeah no on, on behalf of all men I'm sorry but I I <laughs> I got thanked yesterday for, what there was a woman talking to a van, like, and there were some women in the van, and they were social distancing, and they were talking, and she was standing on the sidewalk, and I walked into the street and around, and she was like, thank you for doing that, you know, so. Which is nice,
2: and wonderful, and courteous, (laughs) and it'd be great if everybody kind of had the same, like, you know, just common courtesy.
1: Right. Yeah, I I had a guy, uh, we went on a morning walk today. Uh, people move out of the way when you when you got pushing a big stroller. Yeah, you know? I think it might be a bit different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's interesting. I'm gonna notice that when I walk along. Yeah, take take a look and fanned my ground, <laughs>
2: and, and that's what I've done. It's like ooh,
0: <laughs> it turned into
2: a whole showcase showdown.
0: <laughs> uh, wow. Oh <laughs> good. So, Laura Bell, you, um, you huge Broadway star, like super successful in New York. What was your transition like? to Los Angeles and to Hollywood. And how is that, how do you balance that and, and pay tribute to both of your skills, like stage and screen?
1: Yeah, um, you know, it it's always been sort of fluid. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't just like, hey, I've done Broadway and now I'm gonna focus on TV. It was kind of like, uh, it was always sort of fluid. When I was a young kid, I I was doing musical theater and I also did a few movies. Um, the same year I did *Ruthless* the right. musical when I was uh, ten, eleven years wow. old.
0: Wow! Which is so crazy because it's like, it, 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 like over, like the, they they use the term "overnight sensation," and it's just like, yes, this overnight sensation has taken, yeah, like you've like *Ruthless*, *Jumanji*, like in your career, it's, it spans so many impressive years. years yeah, like, it, it just, very old. It's, no, not, not at <laughs> all. But Only in just, your like, experience. I mean. It, but maximizing your impact on pop culture, like, I mean, holy yeah. cow, like, yeah. it's just, it's so incredible, Ruthless is such an incredible piece of work, like, I just, I love all the songs, and that, and, and the role that you played is just, and, and, like, you have to be a mega talented kid to play that, and just, like, holy cow, and so, just to, to for you to have that star quality as a kid, and ride that to now, it's just, it's amazing, it's just, Oh, thank you. And and I also love the fact that Ruthless also has um, drag character in it. And then you recently got to work on AJ and the Queen. And so it's like you always have... And I did
1: Hairspray with a drag character. Exactly. That's like my thing. If there's not a drag character in it, (laughs) don't
0: call me. I love that. I love that so much.
2: Would you talk a little bit about, I'm curious, because um, I also performed as a kid, nothing to that extent. But, um, you know, I sang with the Metropolitan Opera Company and did a lot of voiceover and jingle work as a kid in New York and all that good stuff. And I had a really bumpy transition into my adult kind of professional life. And uh-huh. you clearly had a beautiful transition. Can you talk a little bit about... Kind of what what that felt like in any kind of trials and tribulations or not that you had during during that time.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it may not have appeared bumpy, but there were definitely bumps in the road. Um, and and they and I'm glad I'm 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 quite glad that I had them because it's it like it was all an important part of my um, development and process. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I. I will say this, I never didn't work hard. Mm. You know, nothing ever, I, I definitely had talent and some raw talent as a kid and a big personality and a big imagination. And I was uh, rather fearless. Mm. Um, but like, you know, Joel Paley and Marvin Laird spoon fed me comedic timing when I was nine to 11 years old. Wow. And that's a, that was a great gift. Yeah. And then, um, and then it was like, you know, and then I did a couple movies and things were going really great. And then I had like a bit of a dry period, you know, um, I did, well, I ended up doing a tour of the sound of music. Um, and then from there, uh, did Jumanji. Um, and then I like took a break, went to high school, uh, back in Kentucky, um, played sports, played soccer and, and, uh, ran track and cross country. And that was like, I was very committed to that. Ooh. And I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. And my and I was like, I'm going to be a doctor, you know. I'm going to be. I'm going to no. I'm going to be like a vet and sing to the animals, you know. And then <laughs> then I was allergic. To, and then I amazing. became allergic to cats, and that whole thing was like gone. <laughs> um. But I, you know, I was like really focused on school and um. And I applied to go to NYU right out of uh, high school. And I had like two choices. I wanted to either go somewhere in LA, like UCLA, USC, or NYU. And that was it. And so I applied early. And my mom was like, you know, you've already lived in New York. NYU's in the village. That's where Ruthless was. Like, I kind of feel safer if like you're on your own turf. You know, like all the restaurant owners in that area. Right. Um, (laughs) So... I, um, and we still had an apartment in New York at the time. Cause I would go back and forth and occasionally like do work in the summer as a kid. And, uh, so I applied early admission, but I did not apply to go to acting school. I applied to go to Gallatin, which is a make it your own oh, right. major.
2: Yeah.
1: And, um, and I ended up, uh, getting like a, like a partial, like, like academic athletic scholarship. Cause I was going to run track as well. And, um, and then I'm in New York. I'm about. To start my freshman year and I get booked on a soap opera. And it was like, oh, I really like this. <laughs> and then they wanted to like expand my role. And I was like, can I be a full-time student and still get the scholarship or still run track? I mean a part-time student. And they're like, no. And so I deferred. Um, and I ended up going back to school during the day while I was doing hairspray at night. But um, but you know i think it's been an interesting evolution because i went from doing this you know as a child i was exposed to very very campy musical comedy yeah and then going to do a soap opera at 18 um was like a master class like i didn't choose to go to an acting school but there was a lot that i didn't know and i would do this show and i was working with these actors and I'd have 30 lines of dialogue to memorize in a day and it would be like my very first day my character was Mara they were like Mara breaks down and I and I'm like oh god I don't know if I can like cry on cue like I can make you laugh I don't know if I can cry on cue and so but I was so terrified that it made I made myself cry in that moment but I learned a lot about that was like the beginning of transitioning um, it, it for me and doing work that was grounded and realistic and emotional. And that ended up serving me as a theater actor um, because, I, you know, I was able to tell the truth. And, um, and it wasn't just like, hey, child actor, stand on 10, do this movement, and deliver the line like this. You know, <laughs> it was like, well, now this is a human being who has these feelings and these desires and these wants and is hurt. And, and that can still be funny. So it was like taking all that. So I went from the soap opera, had a little bit of break. I was developing hairspray at the same time. And, um, and yeah, there were times when I was out of work and I didn't know when like my next dollar was going to come from. And, uh, but I always trusted the universe. And then some other opportunity would come along and I believe that you know with like Elle Woods having the experience of having done big musical comedies like Hairspray and Ruthless and having done that more dramatic work allowed me to create a vulnerable funny character yeah she's real um and so in that way but then even after that I started to do more television work and I didn't have a process as an actor I had a process, but it started not serving me. And I was like, you know what? I, as a theater actor, you go and you start, I was always doing the, the first reading, the first workshops, the everything. I was, I was a part of the beginning of the process. So I had a lot of time to develop a character, to get in with the, uh, with the creators and contribute to the writing process, the creative process. And I had a lot of time to figure out a character well, what was I going to do when I had two seconds to do an audition for a character or like you're shooting a television show next week and you don't have the rehearsal process. And you don't, you, so how, for me, I noticed like there was a missing link at one point developing into a true adult actor. And I started to uh, make some adjustments and changes to how I worked on my material. Mm -hmm. and then that and then that of course it bleeds into every aspect you know I did Sweet Charity a little like two years ago here in LA and um, it's a very quick rehearsal process but before I started I had done the backstory right I had I had done it all I had memorized every line and every song so that I could be fully present and engaged and just her in rehearsal Um, and, and so I try to do that now with everything. <laughs> and so I don't know if my agents send me an audition and they're like, this is tomorrow at 10 AM. I say, sorry, I'm not going wow. because I'm not going to do my best work. I'm mm-hmm. like, unless this thing is like a couple of pages and that's not a lot, but if this is like a deep character, that's got a lot going on. I'm giving you my first instinct. I'm not going to give you what you're actually going to see when this thing is on screen. Ooh, wow. Ooh. And so, you know, in terms of process, it just took me a second to go from the child actor who was told what to do to the adult actor who became the character. And, you know, and now I, and I still am evolving. I, I think as an actor that you've never arrived. Right. You're learning, you're learning from every job you have, every night on stage. You're learning from every personal experience you've ever had. Um, and I, I, I like to reflect On life and I also think that that serves me too um, as an actor and I think the bad crap that happens to you in life uh, is also uh, very important (laughs) for an actor. uh, I'm so
2: grateful for how um, thorough and honest you are with this answer because it's so informative and it also kind of pulls the curtain back a little bit because um, I think that It is a difficult process transitioning from child to adult actor. And also you really kind of spelled out the difference between being part of something from the very beginning and having that luxurious time to develop all of the fabric that makes up a character to that, like, wham, bam, you're in rehearsal for 10 days and this needs to be stellar. And how do you make that happen? And if you don't have that skill set underneath you, what a challenge that can be. and. Also, you're at a point in your career and also in a place of self-knowledge and self-awareness to say to your agents, I'm not going to bring my A-game. And that's not something that will serve me, you, the story, anything. And so thank you. But that's not for me. And I, I love hearing
1: that. I love hearing
2: that. So thank I you. Re-
1: I recently told my agents and managers when they sent me something, I said, this does none of us any good for me to go in for this. Tomorrow, it's at, at 6 p.m. You want me to go in this for 10 a.m.? I still got to put my kid down. I'm like, I don't even know. Um, yeah. but but that's only because I know myself and I know my process, and everybody's process is different, yeah. Um, and I got to that point too with you know producer sessions and auditions and things like that, where this was going to be about me having fun, hmm. this was going to be about me getting to do what I love to do for the 15 minutes I'm there. And if I am not in a place where I am fully committed and I love it and I, I, you know, and I'm doing what I love the way that I do it, it is not worth it for me. And, um, and not everybody has that luxury. You know, you got to go in and you got to hustle and you got to, and I've been able to have a little bit of that luxury, but, um, But again, I don't want to go in and make a fool of myself. Um, I I know, here's the thing. I'm good at making a fool of myself. But I have enough prepared to make, meaning, like, I think that 50% of acting is getting over your fear. Mm -hmm. And when you're on stage and you know, like, I, I know that I go here and I know that I do this and I know that this is the choreography and I have a lot of, uh, of a foundation i have a foundation now i can be a fool yeah now i can take those big risks but i can't take those big risks until i know that what i'm standing on is something sturdy and that's yeah. that i know my material i know my character and i've become that person and when once i slip into that person then i can do anything and make a fool yeah yes uh, i'm with you 100% so. i love everything you just said <laughs> anyway
2: <laughs> that's awesome thank you and I will say
1: this too. Oh, can I can I just oh, yes, want to say one thing yes. about, about about being a child actor.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, I was a, I, when I did Ruthless. Britney Spears and Natalie Portman were understudies of mine, and their careers took off as teenagers. And I'm so grateful that didn't happen to me. Wow because as a human being, I was able to make mistakes without Mm -hmm. being in the public eye. I was able to stumble along. I was able to decide whether this was the career I wanted to have.
0: That's really, really powerful.
2: And it's also profound. It's it's profound because so many of these young actors who hit it at that young age, by no fault of their own, have their development gets uh, stifled. There's an arrested development that happens. And it's, it's not good for anybody. And I I do, I think that that's such a gift, you know, just kind of like, of course, I'm always paralleling things back to my own life. And I so agree. And I love the idea that, you know, you were able to make mistakes, that you were able to stumble, that you were able to have whatever failures there were for you to learn from and grow from so that when your time, when the time was right for you, you were able to show up for it.
1: Yes, and I'll tell you something else. Like I told my cousin this. She's a young actress and she's in her early 20s and, um, and she's really eager, right? She really is like wants to land that big job. Basically, um, I, I think a, another thing that, that I think about is that I am glad that as an actress, there's not more work of me out there before now because I'm a way better actor now, and I'm a way better songwriter, and I'm a way better singer than I was then. Yeah. And so I'm glad that the universe doesn't have proof of, of, <laughs> of that, as more of that person, because I'm better. And so when I was telling my young uh, cousin, who she's in her 20s, and, and she's, she's getting into the action in New York, and, and I say like, listen, because you have never arrived as an actor, like, and I look back and I know that I'm better now. um, You don't want to be given an opportunity before you're prepared for it. Yeah. You really do not. You think you do. And you don't realize how not prepared you are in the moment. You think like, and and I love that, that fearless quality, that's part of it. But there is something about the time. And I know for sure like I'm a full believer that hard work and diligence trumps talent every time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm with you yes it's the tortoise and the hare yeah I'd rather be a tortoise even though I act like a hare (laughs) (laughs)
0: Laura Bell I could talk to you all day, but I know yeah. you have a baby sleeping and I want to make sure, and I, we're dying to play a lightning round with you and just ask you a bunch of questions. Is that yes,
1: of course. Awesome. Okay, good.
2: Ready? Here we go. All
0: okay. right.
2: What is your all-time favorite musical? Gypsy. Ooh. What's your all-time favorite movie? Sound of Music. What performer inspired you when you were growing up? Bette Midler. Oh. Uh, what would, who would you like to work with that you haven't worked with yet? Beyonce. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What is a Barbie dream project for you? What does that look like? What is a Barbie dream project? A Barbie dream project is like the most luscious, delicious, perfect, creative,
1: meow, meow thing you could ever possibly have. Is it like a, like a, like a, like a Barbie dream home or is it like a project or is it's it like a, a- It's a show.
2: It's a movie. It's a series. It's something in the industry for our purposes.
1: I'm developing it right now. It's a women's history sketch comedy variety show. (gasps)
2: Oh, I know this is lightning round, but that sounds amazing. Okay, great. Um,
1: All right. What was your very first big gig? uh, Christmas Spectacular at Radio City Music
0: Hall.
1: (gasps) Were you one of the kids kids in that? Yeah, I was nine. Yeah. Amazing. I was was in it too, and
2: I was Mrs. Claus in my 20s. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. I love it. What piece of advice? And I think I already know what this is going to be because we've kind of circled around it. But what piece of
1: advice would you offer your younger self today? Uh, you never get anything before uh, you're really ready for it, and you and you get and you get what you want when you're ready for it. Wow.
0: Yeah, Amazing. And if you don't get it, it wasn't meant for you, and that's okay too.
1: Yeah, and also um, don't stop being a student right. of life and a student of your craft, there are always things to learn. Right. I think well, I knew that on some level, but I really know that now. Well,
0: it's, I've met people in this industry who their goal was to be famous. And it's like, that's such a red flag. you know? Like I want to be in the top. I want to be in people's 30 under 30. And it's just like, That's soul crushing to me. It's like, like to be an artist, to Mm -hmm. actually have a craft and and to serve that and create something of value is so much more sustainable. You know. Well, it's like,
1: what is the fame, right? Why do we want it? I mean, we have to examine why we want it because we want love. We just have to. We just have to examine what kind of love we want. And when you experience real love, which is the love that, like, you know how. Like you've seen someone at their worst and you still love them. That is love. Not this outside love that is because you're iconic or something like that. I think you can be adored and there, and there's energy. People get an energy from that, but it's not self-sustaining. Right. Um, What is self-sustaining is the work. Like I get jolts of energy every time I have an epiphany of how to make a joke work that wasn't working or in the moment, in the process, I love the process and I love being creative. I couldn't breathe if I wasn't creative. Um, and so, and also I love my privacy. I love that I could go out to wherever and the majority of people don't know who I am. I mean, I know that there's a number of people who do, but (laughs) I wouldn't. I mean, fame, oh my God, how overrated. We really right. want to lose all that privacy? Yeah. Um, no way. Especially when I was single, God. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I totally agree with you, you know, about about kind of the learning process and how one of the best things about what we do is that the process never really ends because in order to be a good storyteller, you have to pay attention to the fact that we, cellularly, are changing every single day. And so the way that we tell the story changes every single day. And we have to honor that. And we have to continually learn how that might change or not parts of our storytelling and how we hear things and the lens with which we see through things. You know what I mean? And to me, that's what makes it so exciting. And when I talk to young artists who are like, mm, I got my BFA and I'm ready. I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> you barely saw scratch the tip of the iceberg, if you've even seen the iceberg yet, it's, it's forever. And to me being a forever curious, creative beast, that's what
1: makes it so, oh, right. It's constantly evolving. I mean, I, I talk about, you know, having done like almost, I don't know, 500 and something performances illegally blonde. My last performance was my best performance, because at that point I had explored every possible line reading Um, I had, I had had, I had had to do the show, um, under, you know, I had family drama going on or a breakup or a, you know, whatever. And, and, and you, and you view your character through the lens of the emotion that you're going through on a daily basis. Yep. And so there were things that I found, um, you know, and I, and I would just say that as to any theater goer, don't get in there and previews and, and opening night, you'll wait a while. Right. Those actors performances are going to be so much richer if you just wait. A hot minute, yeah. It just needs to marinate just a little yeah. bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, have, you know, when I'm that way, like, I have to really marinate. Um, yeah, so, um, so I, when I did hairspray, I uh, shared a dressing room with Carrie Butler, which was a blast, and um, <laughs> we had uh, you know, we became lifelong friends from that, um, and swap secrets that like go to the grave, okay. okay. <laughs> um, but. Um, one night she got a note from Jack O'Brien, you know, the show had been open for a while and, um, and he was, you know, they were coming to, you know, give us some notes and make sure we were on our A game. Yeah. And, um, and he said to Carrie, um, Hey, you know, that the way you're delivering these, your, your lines and this performance is working. You get laughs. It's going great but I don't want it to get old and I don't want you to anticipate. And I know right. it's safer for you to, you know, say it the way you've always been saying it, but tonight I want you to do every line a different line reading. Wow. And, I, and she was like, uh, <laughs> it was terrifying. But I know for her, like she did that, and there was a freedom, there was permission. And you know, sometimes things are set in rehearsal and like it uh, doesn't always serve us as, as actors. Uh, it doesn't yeah. always serve us to find a big laugh because then we get afraid not to get that laugh anymore right. but I saw her performance and her creativity just like wow that night I mean bigger laughs than ever some were tankers some were great and when I've moved forward for the rest of every role I've ever had that was not my note I took that note what and a one gift point, I was With like exactly, we're doing Ryan. different line readings I mean what a, yeah, what a huge like I was a fly on the wall of that one, but. Um, and but I also
2: think that that's a bit of an anomaly for, or in my experience anyway, for a Broadway director to say that because my experience has been to date and it's one of the reasons why I actually left the cog um, was that it was like, it's a machine and you are part of this machine and pay attention to the fact that you're part of this machine. So be on your marks and hit those jokes and everything will be great. Um, so I think yeah. that's incredible.
1: It's tricky, it depends on who you work with. I mean, there okay. are some directors that say, if I come back here in two months and your performance is the same, I'm gonna be mad at you. Wow. Um, And then there are some actors, I mean, some directors and creative teams that want you to never change anything. It just yeah. depends. Yeah. But I think that an actor should have the freedom to evolve because Absolutely. once you walk away after opening night, as the creative team walks away, you're now leaving this in the hands Of someone who's going to understand it better than you uh, in a couple of months and um, and has to humanize it now here's the thing if someone has gone off the rails their performance is not truthful they're not standing on the right number they're messing everybody else up they're like you know they're thinking about what they're having for dinner you know then I'm like you know and we all think about what we're having for dinner I will say that especially on a Wednesday matinee, you know, those are real <laughs> s- slow shows. I will say this. I, I will say this. And I, I, you know, I know we're way over time at this point, but <laughs> I, okay.
0: love
1: it. Um, I started to, and I think every person in every show figures this out. It's almost like I didn't necessarily know if I believed in like the statistics of everything, right? Like these like big number statistics, but you knew what A Tuesday night audience was going to be a Wednesday matinee, a Wednesday night, a Thursday night, a Friday, a a Saturday. You knew a Friday was going to be everybody at the end of their work week. They went out and they're exhausted. They went and had dinner and a couple drinks and they're going to be great for you for the first hour. And then the second act, they're going to kind of, right. They're tired. (laughs) Yeah. Or they might have some lulls, but they're kind of a tired audience. But Saturday night, they've had rest, you know. If they're making, they made a day out of it. They come jazzed up as always a great audience. It's Sunday night. If you have a Sunday night show, if you're lucky enough to have a Sunday night show, it's the, it's the actual theater community coming to see you. And those are the best shows. Agreed. I can't wait
2: until we all get back to a time where Broadway is back open and we're all able to be in the same room together and have all of those experiences together, the highs and the lows yeah i know yeah
0: so you as a very busy mother working actress singer songwriter everything you're also very busy on all your social media platforms there's tiktok twitter facebook instagram what are your handles how can people keep that keep up with you
1: everything is at laurabelle bundy
0: perfect it's very
1: easy what Um, do you
0: think of tiktok i know it's kind of new like um,
1: well, I just started it like, uh, I guess six weeks ago. Um, maybe two months. Um, and my first video I did as a spin on Gypsy. So yeah. it's like, Mama's gotta, you know. So I did uh, a video of like, Mama's gotta pump, Mama's gotta nurse, Mama's gotta clean, Mama's gotta work. And then my baby was like, Mama, Mama, Mama. <laughs> You to get drunk. Um, awesome. So I, I had a little fun. I mean, I think it's a cool creative platform mm-hmm. where you can make uh, videos. And I actually, um, I know a lot of young people uh, are on TikTok. And yeah. a lot of those young people are in their theater groups at school. And all of the musicals, the, the school musicals were canceled. So on TikTok, I, you could do something where you can duet with someone. So I made these TikToks where for for all the kids that had been doing legally blonde when their show got canceled, I took anything that was a number that more than I was in. And I did like my lines and then left blanks for them to do oh. their lines.
0: Awesome. So that
1: so that they could duet with me. And then Orfe did Orfe and Andy also did them. And I and they let me post them on my TikTok. <gasps> so that's awesome. Um, yeah. So I you know, I think at this time, listen, we're we all we we love uh I mean I mean right now, I mean, how blessed are we to have entertainment while we're quarantined. Yep. You know, I, I'm I I am so grateful for uh streaming services. And I know that uh there's so much joy that comes from theater and it's a shame that that we can't be performing now. And, and, and that's in every town, in every school, everywhere, globally, when we're all in the same position. So I was just tell young people at this point, like, Hey, this is a great opportunity. Like get your online zoom vocal class. Yep. Like make a goal for next year. Yep. I want to do this by this time. I'm going to, I'm going to do, there's online, there are online master classes everywhere. I'm actually yeah. teaching a few. Awesome. Um, yeah.
0: That's amazing. So great. Uh, Laura Bell, thank you so much for your, the generosity of your time and all of this incredible information. And just, it's so, it was amazing to get to know you a little bit better. It's just, just, thank you so much. Oh my gosh, home.
1: of course. Thanks for having me.
0: And yeah, no, and, um, and good luck with the, I know you guys are doing a, on um, VPN. you're doing a Legally Blonde, uh, uh, Oh yeah,
1: we're doing our Legally Blonde reunion tomorrow. tomorrow. Yes. How yeah. exciting.
0: We'll Beautiful. have so much fun with that. Thank and uh, I mean,
1: listen, we talk all the time. <laughs> just other people get to watch us
0: talk. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. the point. <laughs> all my students
2: are super excited about it. So they'll be tuning oh. in. Awesome. Thank you again for taking the time. We so appreciate it. This has been just incredible awesome all right Thank have you. a great Take day Take care. bye bye
0: how amazing was she fantastic i'm so enjoying this project i love it so much and like just to be able to spend i did not expect to get that much time with laura bell bundy and it she was incredibly generous to talk about ruthless and illegally blonde and just and her audition process like this is gold. This is like a masterclass. No, I can't not- wait
2: to, I, I said this during our interview, but I can't wait to um, have my students listen to this because it, number one, it proves my point. But number two, um, it, you, she just dropped so many gems. As, and coming from somebody who's had such a prolific career in so many different aspects of the industry, and she's still such a young woman. I mean, it's just, it's inspiring. So yeah, I'm, I'm super excited.
0: Yes, I am too. And, and she's a lovely uh, human being which i kind of on thought on top of it all i kind of <laughs> thought but it's nice that she proved us right yeah yeah. yeah no this is i hope everybody enjoyed listening to it as much as i enjoyed participating in this interview and i know it
2: almost feels selfish because it's such a great feeling and i'm like oh my god this is so good oh yeah it's for you guys too <laughs> <laughs>
0: But thank you for joining us on this journey. And um, for more episodes, you go to broadwaypodcastnetwork.com and check out Western Broadway and all of the other amazing... So much great
2: content right now, you guys.
0: Yeah, it's really great. And special thanks to our friends at Broadway World for always sharing our content. We
2: love you, Broadway World.
0: We so appreciate it. And yeah, and uh, feel free to follow us on uh, social media. I'm Will Armstrong PR across all platforms.
2: I'm W, no, I'm Wendy underscore Rosoff on Instagram and Wendy Rosoff everywhere else. What's my name? Wendy Rosoff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and, um, yeah, and um, we are in the process of building a westernbroadwaypodcast.com <gasps> website. We are. So that should be up and running soon, too. And so, but we'd love to hear from you. And like, we'd love to know what you think of the, um, the, the shows. Do you have any questions? If you have any Barbie Dream guests that you want us to try and get? Barbie Dream. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, so uh, we really appreciate this. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed the show. I think it's one of our bests, but I always do because they're all amazing. <laughs> but yeah, um, so yeah, so keep coming back and checking us out. And um, remember, if you're looking for us, you can find us just, just west, west
2: of Broadway. <laughs> one of these days just, we'll get it together.
0: The zoom delay is so hard. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.